But week one, we talked about how Paul was shipwrecked in the book of Acts and how this was an issue and a, and a situation that happened in his life that he really didn't do anything to make this happen. A shipwreck came because of somebody else's decisions. Last week, we talked about when we personally have shipwrecks because of decisions that we make sometimes in life, and we looked at Jonah and his life. And so today, um, I really want to kind of take us in a different direction. It's something that's been really pressing and big in my heart. It's just hearing what the Lord has has to say in the book of Romans. And uh, a couple months ago, I just kind of felt this direction and this leading to just dive into the book of Romans and, and really kind of dissect what Paul was speaking to us. And so today, I want to talk about the idea of how we see ourselves and how we see ourselves through God the Father. And so it's going to be a good day. So, all right. Got to share a little story. So a couple months ago, um, I got the privilege and uh, blessing the honor to go to Drew Keller. I don't even know if he's in the room right now, okay? Went to Drew Keller's 30th birthday party. And so um, it was a surprise birthday party, and Farah invited me, and she's like, you know, a bunch of, like, Elevate people are going to be there. And so I'm like, cool, you know, I'm super excited, you know what I mean? And so um, it's a hot summer day, and so I throw on some, you, you got that picture for us real quick? Clear up that picture. Yeah, okay. So I got some ripped jean shorts. You can't really see them right now. They got some holes in them, and I got my Wu Tang shirt on and my backwards hat, and I'm headed to Drew's birthday party. And so I'm like, you know, I'm the guy that's like always on time for stuff like this. I don't know why, but like I got there, I was like right on time, exactly when Farrah told me to get there. And so um, there's not a lot of cars around, but you know, like I kind of sheepishly walk up the stairs and I kind of like turn the knob. I've been to their house a couple times. So I just kind of like walk in. And sure enough, there is like all of Drew's grandparents, there's all of Farrah's grandparents, and they're all sitting in the living room. And they're like, I walk in, and they're like, who's the crackhead that just walked into the door? You know what I mean? Like, who is this guy that just walked in? And they're, and I mean, they're wonderful saints in the Lord. I mean, just the most precious people you've ever met. And they were super nice to me. And they were like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Jeff. I didn't say I was Pastor Jeff, you know? I'm thinking like, you know, because this is a new church for Drew and Farah, and their, their family are, you know, trying to figure us out. And so um, one of Drew's, I don't know if it was Drew's grandma or Farah's grandma was like, that's a wonderful shirt. I really like your shirt. She's like, what does this Wu-Tang mean? And I was like, it's Arabic. Jesus loves you, okay? I was like, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm like, it's a wonderful, wonderful shirt, just all about Jesus, you know? And so it was one of those moments that I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but I sure have many times in my life where you feel like, other people, as soon as you meet them, have a quick opinion about you, okay? And sometimes the opinion is good, and sometimes the opinion is not. And the reality is a lot of times in life, we will simply just gaze at somebody and look at somebody and make a quick assumption in our heart or a quick judgment in our heart about who they are when we've never even met them or we've never even known them or we don't know anything about them. And then sometimes in those moments where we gather this, you know, thought process about people, we then later on in life find out, well, that person's not even exactly why, the way I thought that person was, okay? But I think the most detrimental thing in life is really this, how we see ourselves connected to Jesus. 
and how we see ourselves in Jesus, okay? Because the reality is in life, there's going to be lots of people with lots of different opinions, okay? Me and Cody, we were uh, at the Cubs game uh, the other night, and me and Cody, we're sitting there and we're talking and, and, and we're just, you know, sharing Jesus and, and talking about his goodness and his love and his grace. And, and, and Cody, we're just having a moment, you know, and all these dudes are around us getting drunk, you know, and we're like real loud about Jesus and they're looking at us. I caught a couple of looks a couple of times like, who are you guys? Like, why are you at this baseball game today? Why are you talking about Jesus? And the reality is lots of people have lots of opinions and thoughts about us. But the reality is none of them matter. There's one opinion, there's one thought that we need to fixate our mind and our hearts on, and that is the opinions and the thoughts of Jesus Christ and how we view our life in him. But the reality is this. We all struggle having a correct perspective of how we see ourselves in him. Go with me to the book of Romans, okay? Uh, if you got a Bible, pull it out. If you don't, we'll have it on the screen. Your smartphones, you can pull out those. But we're going to spend some time in the book of Romans today, okay? Romans chapter 7 is where we're going to start, and we're going to be looking at verse 14 and uh, 15, and we're going to just kind of jump around to a bunch of different verses today. But this is what Paul says in verse 14. So the trouble is not with the law, for it's spiritual and it's good. The trouble is with me. I am all too human, a slave to sin. Verse 15, I really don't understand myself, for I do what is not right, but instead I do what I hate. Okay? Romans chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, it says this, I've discovered this principle in life, that when I want to do what is right, I do inherently what is wrong. Verse 22, I love God's law with all my heart, verse 23, but there's no power within me. There's a war within me in my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin still within me. Anybody feel like this? I mean, I mean, all right, can we have 100%? Okay, how many of you like this? Okay, okay, yeah, thank you, okay? The rest of you are all way more spiritual than I am, Okay. I'll never forget a couple years ago, um, I just had a really rough day at work. And um, I am that guy when you go to Walmart or Meijer or a store like this that in the parking lot, I'm going to own the parking lot. If I'm walking, you're going to stop. That's just how it is, okay? I don't care who you are. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. When, when I'm walking in the parking lot, especially with my kids, okay, especially with my kids, I'll hold my kids' hands, and I will mean mug some people, okay? I'll be like, you better get off me, okay? And so this one day, I'm just having a really, really rough day, and I'm walking into Meyer. I'll never forget, I'm walking across the way, and this car is, like, barreling down on me, and I'm like, I wish you would hit me. I wish you would hit me right now. I'm like, I had a bad day. Because I will pop right up, and I will pop you in the jaw today, you know what I mean? And so this guy is like, you know, it's kind of like we're eye to eye, you know what I mean? His window's up, but, you know, I'm outside. And I'm looking at him, and I'm staring into his soul. And this is what I say really loud. I'm like, I will beat the fat off your face. And he looks at me like, we're going to do this right here, right now. I'm like, we're going to do this right here in a mire parking lot right here right now 
And then he drove off, and I walked into mine. I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. You know what I mean? And then what happens? You spend some time with Jesus, you know? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I'm like, I will beat the fat off your face? This is what comes out of my heart? Like, how terrible is my heart, you know? Like, how, I mean, how disgusting is my heart for this to be the thing? It wasn't Jesus loves you, you know? It wasn't, hey, God's grace is good for you. I mean, it was, I'll beat the fat off your face. I mean, this doesn't make sense. The reality is this. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better husband. I want to love people the way Jesus loves people. But there's a lot of days that I'm still struggling. There's a lot of days that I'm still not living the victorious life in Jesus. There's a lot of days where I get to my time with the Lord and I'm so frustrated. I'm not frustrated at anybody else. I'm frustrated with myself. Because I'm like, when, God, when am I going to grow up? When is it going to make sense? And I don't know if any of you feel this way, but this is deep in me. And it's been deep in me. And it's something I am wrestling with in my soul to go, I want to be who God has called me to be because I want to stand before Jesus someday. And I want, I want to know that I reached everybody I was called to reach. But there are so many days that I get home and I get to the end of the day and my head hits the pillow. And I was like, I can't believe who I was today. Why did I respond that way? Why did I have that voice tone today? Why did I get angry about that situation? Why, why did I get frustrated at my two-year-old son that's a two-year-old boy, and I'm, and I'm wanting him to be a 12-year-old boy? He's two years old. Why? Why do I struggle with this? And this is what Paul's saying. Paul writes half the New Testament, Paul. Paul that had an encounter with Jesus. Paul, he's the one going, listen. I'm struggling. I don't know if anybody else is, but I am. But the problem is, when we are struggling in this mindset, we view our relationship with Jesus through our struggles. We view our relationship with Jesus through our failures and our mistakes. And we have a really hard time understanding why God would want me to live the blessed, abundant life. See, the reality is this, is, um, here, Preston, come here, okay, all right, I love Preston, okay, okay, how many of you think that Preston is just a phenomenal guitar player, I mean, phenomenal <laughs> guitar player, okay, all right, wonderful, wonderful young man, okay, is engaged, has a beautiful fiance, and has, and we would all today, every single one of us would go, man, I just hope that God blesses and favors his upcoming marriage and his life, and that God pours out goodness and blessing and grace, and we would all 100% in this room today go, yeah, I have faith for Preston, 
Correct? I have faith for his future. I have faith that God's going to do great things, which I believe all these things in Jesus' name. You are the head and not the tail in Jesus' name. But the problem is this. We can have faith for Preston, but we don't have faith for ourselves. Because we don't see all of Preston's mistakes. We don't see all of Preston's failures. Who do we see the failures and mistakes of? Us every day when we look in the mirror. Give it up for Preston, everybody. This good-looking young man. So what does Paul say? Romans chapter 7, verse 25. Verse 25, it says this. Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank God our answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. And in Romans chapter 8, he starts under, helping us understand why the answer is Jesus. Because in verse 1, he says, there is no condemnation for those who belong in Christ Jesus. Meaning there is no guilt, there is no shame. No guilt, no shame. This thing that we all carry with us on a daily basis, guilt and shame, and the enemy brings up our past, and the enemy brings up our failures and our mistakes, and he puts guilt and shame and condemnation on us, and we view our life and we view our future through guilt and shame. But Paul says in Jesus, there is no guilt and shame because he took care of it on the cross. Verse 3 it says the law of Moses was unable to save us because of our weakness, our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his son in a bodies, bodies like ours, us sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice on the cross. I don't know about you, but I would not give my kids up for you. I'm sorry. I love my kids. They're my pride and my joy. And God takes the most valuable possession that he has. Listen, I want you to understand God loves you. But the most valuable possession that God possessed was not the earth and it wasn't mankind. It was the son, Jesus Christ. And he takes what is most valuable to him. And he sends him to earth to pay a price. See, I need you to understand something today, okay? We want to own our guilt and shame. A lot of us, we feel like when we make mistakes, it's my job to own my guilt and shame. It's my job to own my mistakes. The problem is this, that Jesus bought them. He bought them. See, you know what he says? He says this, he goes, Ryan, you don't own them anymore. You don't have legal rights to those mistakes anymore. You can't hold on to them. You can't possess them. They're not yours anymore. I paid a high price with the blood of Jesus Christ so that I could have them. But the problem is this, is we're trying to own them. We're trying to grasp them. We're trying to work them out. And God's going, no, just give them to me. I paid for them. I paid for your guilt. I paid for your shame. Verse 16, it says this, For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Thank God I'm God's child. Thank God that we are sons and daughters of the Most High. 
me and Jess went to uh, lunch on Friday, okay? And the boys were in school, which I, I'm thoroughly convinced that school is God's supernatural favor and blessing to parents, okay? I just am 100% convinced of this, okay? Um, because when they go back to school, it, a level of joy just raises in my soul, in my heart, in my mind, okay? And so me and Jess, we are at lunch, and, and we have my youngest, Luke. By the way, we have three kids. We have a 12-year-old, a 7, and a 2-year-old. And, and we have our 2-year-old at lunch with us. And uh, we're just having one of those really nice, peaceful lunches. Like, Luke has this little, like, game. He calls it the cheese game. It's like this little screen at the restaurants, and the mouse is trying to get the cheese, and the cat is trying to get the mouse. And he'll just play this, like, for forever. And he's playing that game, and me and Jess were talking, and we're talking about, like, hey, in a few years, like, can you imagine Luke's not going to be with us on Fridays? Like, I mean, like, Friday, you know what I mean? It's going to be a great day in a couple years, you know? And so... And we're having this conversation, and then I don't know what happened. I mean, I, I mean, the cat got the mouse, and Luke took that, like, that little screen thing, and he picked it up, and he threw it with two hands. And he goes, wah! I mean, just like, I mean, it's like manifesting something out of him, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, he's jumping over the bench, you know, because he's a, and he like hits a plate off, and he's jumping over the bench, and I'm just like, what happened? It was so great. It was so peaceful. It was so great, you know? So I wrestled him as I chased him around the restaurants, okay? And I wrestled him down, and it was like it was like caging a small animal, to be honest with you, okay? A very strong, small animal, okay? And so, you know, I took him out to the car and kind of gave him a little, little taparoo, you know what I mean? A little tap-taparoo, you know, and told him we aren't going to act this way and got him in his seat and, you know, and, and we went home. And, and I, was, I was praying yesterday, and the Lord reminded me of that story. He said, that's kind of what happens in your life, doesn't it? You have these days where you just kind of freak out. I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, because Luke is your son, do you continue to love him? I was like, yeah. He goes, well, because Luke is your son, do you continue to bless him? Yeah. Because Luke is your son, is there grace for him? Yeah. Yeah. Goes the same way in my kingdom. You're a son, and you're always a son. Even on your worst day, you're a son. You're a daughter of the Most High. I brought you into the family. Thirty-one and thirty-three, Romans eight says this: What shall we say about these wonderful things? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Verse thirty-two: Since He didn't spare His own Son, but gave Him up for all of us. Won't he also give us everything else? Verse 33, who dares to accuse us of God's own, of God's chosen own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. We are righteous not by our acts. We are righteous because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. I think I'm, more con I'm so convinced of two things. I'm becoming so much more convinced of my righteousness, but I'm also becoming so much more convinced of the Holy Spirit that leads and guides me into God's best. Yeah. 
we've, I want to make this abundantly clear. Righteousness and grace doesn't give me uh, an ability to just sin and to do anything I want. Righteousness and grace gives me a connection to the Father, and his grace strengthens me to become more and more and more like Jesus. This is what God has called us to. Romans 10, verse 9 through 10, it says this. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe with your heart that God was raised from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And he openly declares your faith has saved you. Okay? So when the Bible says this word saved, what is the real word? The real word is this word called sozo. Okay? And so I want us to have a clear understanding of why we call our night tonight sozo. We're calling it sozo because of this, okay? In the New Testament, the word saved or sozo, if we were to take the old Greek uh, writings, we wouldn't use the word saved. We use the word sozo. It is used 110 times in the New Testament. So God is trying to declare over your life and my life that you are saved. And what are you saved from? Sozo means this. To be saved, to be kept safe, to be made sound, to be rescued from danger and destruction. This is what sozo means. Remember the story where Jesus is on the cross in the book of Luke? And there's two other murderers, thieves, junkies, whatever you want to call next to him. They're also on the cross. And it says this in verse 39 of Luke. It says, one of the criminals began uh, hanging beside him, scoffed at Jesus Oh, you're the Messiah, aren't you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too at the same time. Verse 40. But it says this. But the other criminal spoke up and says, Don't you fear God even when you've been in this moment before you're going to die? Verse 41. We deserve to die as criminals. Verse 42. Then he says to Jesus. All he says to Jesus is this. Jesus, remember me. Jesus, I know where you're going. Will you remember me where you're going? Verse 43, Jesus replies, I assure you. I love this line. I assure you. This is Jesus going 100% confidence. I assure you that you will be with me in paradise. Jesus is saying, I am rescuing you from the pit of hell. I am rescuing you from harm. I am rescuing you from darkness. I am rescuing you. I'm taking you from the kingdom of darkness, and I'm assuring you that you are a part of the kingdom of light. I assure you that you are a son and a daughter of the Most High. This is what sozo means, to be safe, to be kept sound. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17 through 18, it says this, when I saw him, I fell, on my, uh, I, I fell at his feet, and I thought I was dead. And he placed his right hand upon me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Verse 18, I am the living one, the living and beyond all time and space. I died, but see, I live forever, and I hold the keys to death hell and the grave. 
Listen, Jesus won it all for us, okay? When he went to the cross, he went to hell, and he took back the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and he took us, our souls with him, and he says, I have paid the ultimate price for your salvation. You are made sound in him. The word then goes on to continue to talk about this word sozo, to be saved from suffering, one suffering from disease, to be made well, to be healed, to be restored to health. So when Jesus goes to the cross, he doesn't just pay the price for our sin. He pays the price for our sickness and our disease. Isaiah 53 verse 4 says this, In fact, he bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows and our pain. Yet we assume that he was stricken, struck down by God. Decreed and humiliated. Isaiah is saying this, that he bore our transgressions by, by the whip and by his stripes on his back. We are healed. We have found healing and, and redemption in him. He goes on to say this, to preserve someone from danger and destruction. Romans 8 verse 35 says this, can anything separate us from Christ's love? Can anything? Can anything? The message version says this, I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, living, death, angelic, demon, today, tomorrow, high, low, thinkable, unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get in between God's love for us. So what is the only thing that can separate us from God's love is our view of how God sees us. This is it. This is the only thing that separates us from understanding how much God loves you and how he's for you and how he's not against you and how he wants you to live in victory. The only issue is this. When you wake up in the morning and you look into the mirror and you see your guilt and you see your shame and you see your mistakes and you see your failures and they're all pointing back at you and you're trying to wrestle with it and you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to overcome it, that's the only thing. Because God hasn't. God's love is abounding to you. To give you strength, to give you grace, to give you all that you need so that I can be the dad that I'm called to be. And I can be the husband that I'm called to be. And I can be the pastor that I'm called to be. And I can love people the way that I'm called to be. And the reality is this, that there's going to be a lot of days of a lot of mistakes and a lot of failures still yet to come. I have this running thought in my mind, better at 70. I'm like, Lord, I just pray when I turn 70. Like, I mean, listen, I, I grew up in a small church with a lot of wonderful older saints in my church, and I remember just looking at them and thinking like, man, if I could look like that someday. You know, a lot of you know I grew up with my grandparents. I still have this picture of my grandpa in my mind just thinking, if I could be that someday. I'll never forget. My grandpa was 79. He had cancer all through his body. 
and the church needed some cabinets built. And he would fight through the pain. And he built those cabinets. And I remember I was just a young, a young kid. And I remember I knew he was in pain. And I was with him, trying to help him. And he looked at me and said, Jeffrey, I want you to know this is all for Jesus. This is all for Jesus. And I have that picture in my mind that I go, if I can be that someday. If I can be, if I can be that, if I can be that selfless someday. And the only way that I'm ever going to become that is if I get an understanding of who I am in Jesus. If I understand his grace, his goodness, his mercy, his love that never changes, never fails, never gives up on me, never gives up on you. Worship team, you guys can come on. I want you to stand on up with me today. The only thing that separates us is us, the way we see ourselves in Christ. That's a beautiful sound, Nick. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it. It's okay. Oh, Jesus. We're going to lay hands on the thing. Um, Andrew Coots, are you in the room? I was praying last night. And the Lord just told me to tell you that don't ever sell yourself short. Don't ever sell yourself short. The way you see yourself and the way God sees you is completely different. You know God. You know Jesus. You know his nature, his character. You know him. Be bold. Be confident. Be strong in it. And don't worry about what everybody else thinks. Don't worry about... See... Especially when you grow up like in a small school. It's like everybody knows you. It's like Jesus. Remember when Jesus went back home and he tried to heal the sick, but he couldn't because of their lack of faith because they were like, oh, it's just Jesus, okay? Sometimes that happens in life. And sometimes we look at ourselves the same way, other people's perspectives. But the Lord told me to tell you, don't look at yourself that way. Look at yourself the way that I see you because I see a man of God. And I want to use you as a beacon of light and hope for my kingdom. Sarah, I know Zach's not here, but you two were heavy, heavy on my heart last night. Listen, you guys have a deep, deep revelation of God's goodness and grace and love. Listen, open up your mouth. Share it. Share it. Share it. When I look at you two, I see like a, I see like a, um, Why can't I think, Aunt Ryan? Where's my Bible? Somebody give me my Bible. I can't think. 
John the Baptist. I wasn't going to mess this up. I couldn't think for a second. Listen, you guys got a John the Baptist anointing on your life. Jesus is coming back soon. He's coming back real soon, okay? And he needs people to prepare the way, okay? Prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. Use what God's put into your mouth. Be bold. Be confident. Prepare the way. Prepare the way. Prepare the way. Prepare the way. How many of you say, I just need strength. I need strength today. Raise your hand, raise your hand. You just need strength. How many of you need a different perspective of who you are in Jesus? Raise your hand, real high, real high. My hand's up. I need a different perspective of how I see myself. This is what the Holy Spirit's job is to do. The Holy Spirit hears from heaven, hears directly from the throne room, and then relays directly to you, okay? So I want to do this. I want you to close your eyes real quick. And I want you to just ask the Lord real quick to say, Lord, give me a, give me your perspective of who I am in you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 How many got guilt and shame that you let go today? Raise your hand real quick. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that you bought their guilt and their shame and their condemnation and their mistakes. <laughs> so I release the love of the Father upon them right now in Jesus' name. I release God's goodness. Guilt and shame, I tell you to be gone. In the name of Jesus, you have no authority or right over their lives. And I just release peace into their minds in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, raise your hands. Let me pray for you today. Hallelujah. Come on, just worship the King today. We worship you. 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 I release fresh vision from heaven into people's souls today. Hallelujah, fresh vision, fresh vision. We see ourselves as sons and daughters of the Most High. We see ourselves as sons and daughters of the Most High. Sons and daughters, sons and daughters, sons and daughters. Nothing separates you from being a son or a daughter. You are a son, you are a daughter, you are highly favored. God's blessing reigns. The Bible says this, that he sings over you. He sings over you. He sings over you. He sings over you. Come on, I want you to 
these negative thoughts about yourself. Negativity, these negative thoughts in the way that you see yourself. I want you to release it to the Father right now. He sees you differently. He sees you differently. says I am, not what the enemy says. Say, I am who God says I am, not what the enemy says. Now, I want you to take that thought of what the enemy says you are every day, and I want you to say, I am not that, whatever that is. Speak it out right now. Speak it out. Speak it out. Say, I am not that. I am not that. I am not that. says that you are, that you are mighty, that you are strong, <laughs> well-equipped, blessed, highly favored, okay? Listen, there is a power when you speak out what God is speaking over your life, when you agree with the Word of God. There's a power that is being released into your life when you speak that out, in Jesus' name. Amen? Woo! Man, tonight's going to be good. Tonight's going to be good. Tonight's going to be so good. Why don't you grab a hand next to you? Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for your revelation that comes from heaven. We thank you, God, for the word of God. We'd be so lost without the word of God, Jesus. We're just so grateful and thankful for it. Thank you for giving us fresh identity, fresh understanding, fresh revelation. I just come against the enemy that would come to steal it later today, that would come to steal it tomorrow, come to steal it later in the week, come to steal it. Mm. Mm. I'm sorry, anybody been here going through a lot of heaviness? Just heaviness? Throw your hand up real quick, real quick. Heaviness, just heaviness. If somebody's around you, lay hands on them real quick. If they got their hand up, lay hands on them. If you're going through heaviness, put your hand up. Here we go. Mm. I just speak to this darkness. I speak to this heaviness. And I command you in the name of Jesus to get off of them in Jesus' name. I speak to the heaviness. I tell the weight. I tell the stress. I tell the pressure. I tell the anxiety that you must go in the name of Jesus. And I release God's peace. I release God's joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. He is your strength. So we release grace and joy and peace in the name of Jesus. Father, we just worship you. We seal this right now. We thank you for being so ever-present here today. We love you. We love you. We love you.